This is your preparation station, encouraging hosts and empowering topics to equip you along the journey. Preparedness grounded in truth. Now on with the show. Welcome to Surviving on Shoestrings with Donna Miller. Together we'll look outside the box to stretch what we have, make do, and get by with humor, style, and a smile. And now welcome your hostess, Donna Miller. Welcome to another episode of Surviving on Shoestrings. I am delighted that you've tuned in again. If this is your first time here, welcome. Pull up a chair, pull up a drink, maybe a notepad, something, if you want to take some notes. My desire for the show is to encourage you that even if you're stretching and trying to make ends meet, or you're just trying to be a good steward of your, your income or your time, that I can tell you that there's joy in the journey and that we can do this. So hopefully I can help you. Um, today, I'm going to dive right into the topic, which are 12 grocery store habits or 12 grocery store things to really be aware of so you can break a bad habit or break a habit they're trying to make you have uh, so that you can get the most of your time while you're there, the most of your money spent, stretch it as far as you can, not be duped into certain sales psychology, and just be able to really make the most of your grocery budget. So at if we have time at the end of the show, I'll bring you up to speed on some things that are going on in the homestead too. But I want to jump in first and let's get started. These 12 are not in order. I'm going to do my very best to bullet point them and number them just so that you can kind of keep track that I'm hitting all 12 of them. And if you're taking notes, this way it helps you. But they're not in any sequential order of what's most important, what's not, you know. So we're just going to click them off and you can write them down. Number one, this is actually one of my tried and trues. I've got a video on my YouTube channel called The Wheat Guy. That's me. Um, I'll probably have it linked below the show, I'm sure. When it comes to produce, something that's often done is the convenience of having things bagged. Now, truthfully, some things are more expensive when you weigh them out and you're not getting as much, and other things are more expensive when they're in the bag. Um, Usually an apple is something that's more expensive when you're buying them singularly than when you buy them in a bag. But there's a way to buy produce in a bag that actually will save you money. The bag is weighed, but because we don't serve usually produce by weight, but only serve it by servings, especially if it's a singular item like a banana or an apple or a lemon, these are used only as the item, not by weight, then it behooves you to count how many are in that bag. So you can line up three bags of lemons or three bags of oranges or three bags of apples and inevitably you're going to find one or two that have one or two more than the average because that's how you serve it to your family. Usually you hand them an apple or you hand them an orange or you slice up a lemon or you juice a lemon then you're actually getting more for the same price. Rather than just blindly grabbing a bag and walking off with it, count them. It really doesn't take very long. You just line up three or four of them, you'll find them pretty soon. I know there was a time I was really excited because I had found an average of nine apples, nine apples, nine apples, and suddenly I hit the jackpot of 12. Same price, same apples. They were all just a tad bit smaller, so the weight was approximately the same, and that's how they were selling it but it didn't matter. It just gave us three more servings of apples. Okay, that's one. Number two, the 10 for $10 
gimmick. It's not really a gimmick, but it's a sales promotion. This is a psychological thing. We think we're getting everything for a buck. But be very careful to compare a different brand. When you see that great 10 for 10 um, or 10 for 5, whatever, whatever is out there, be very careful to compare its counterpart that may be a different brand to see if it is a little bit less per item. You're probably smart enough. You probably already do this. But it's easy to get duped into, oh, that's just a buck a piece. You also need to check that they are actually going to allow you to get even, let's say, only three of them. Is it really just a buck a piece? And you only need three. Uh, ten ketchups is still, is like three years worth of ketchup for our family. It's really not necessarily the best buy. My best buy date may be, or not even as far away as the ketchup will last. So be pretty thoughtful when you go to jump in on that 10 for 10. You may have to buy 10 to get the deal, or there's something sitting right next to it that's actually even cheaper than a dollar a piece, and you can get what you need that way. Number three on my 12-step program for saving money at the grocery store is they've now implemented grocery stores to be a little bit more community-friendly. And I think that's fantastic in some ways, but by community-friendly, it's not necessarily that it's local produce so much. We'll get to that in a minute. But it's lingering community-friendly. They've put coffee shops. They've put cafes. They've put garden centers. They've put a florist, balloons. You know, you've watched grocery stores um, kind of evolve over time. In a way, it's good because you can like pick up something and eat it in the cafe versus going out to eat where it is a little bit more expensive. Or you can save yourself some drive time if you live in a small town and you, you really need something right away. Those parts are good, but the bad part is actually a psychological thing. Those things cause us to linger in the grocery store. Even if you have a list, if you hang out longer, you're going to pick up items you were not intending to get. So... It's a psychological thing to help you shop more, but it is, yes, a convenience. So just make sure that you don't get duped into hanging out with Starbucks and walking around and window shopping, and it kind of makes its way into your cart. So, which leads me to number four, which is, whenever possible, support your local grocer. Not necessarily the national chain discount giant stores, but your local grocer. And look to see if they're actually buying from an area close to you. I know that when we look at blueberries or grape tomatoes or what are any things that we might purchase, you can usually see a couple different options. One of which may come from a couple states away and the produce is labeled and others that are actually really close by. When you don't have an option to buy at your local grocery store, use a farmer's market and make sure it's locally grown by locally under 200 miles. Some states will say local is up to um, 800 miles, which that's not that to me. I can't see how that's accurate, but be very careful because what happens is when you support something local, whether it's within your grocery store or a farmer's market, they tend to actually give back to the community that you live in, or at least close by. So you're actually sowing into more than just good local produce, which is the freshest you can get, but they will actually sow back into your community. If you buy from a fruit stand, a mom and pop, a curbside, that's actually a great thing because you can get better service. They'll tell you when the next tomatoes are coming in or how soon the grapes will be off the vine. You kind of get a little bit more personal service that way. Plus, it's usually a lot less expensive. All right, 
number five. You notice when you walk in, there are certain times a day that you, you think, am I this hungry? <laughs> First off, don't shop when you are hungry. I guess that's number bonus. That's like your bonus. It's, it's the, it's the half four. It's the five and a half. I don't know. Just don't shop when you're hungry because you'll, you'll always buy more than you need. But when you walk into the grocery store, they put the deli, uh, and the bakery at a very predominant venting area so that you can smell the bread, you can smell the, the fried chicken, you can smell the ribs, you can smell the mac and cheese, whatever it is that they actually are fixing. And they do fix periodically throughout the day because grocery store psychology knows that when certain smells are triggered, you actually will become hungry. And thus my bonus statement of don't shop when you are hungry and being hungry makes you purchase more. So the deli and all of those places are kind of cranking up the scent to really hit you and make you want to buy. So it's kind of an interesting thing that doesn't happen by accident that it's closest to a vent that permeates throughout the store that you smell bread or whatever. If you ever walk by a subway, somehow I think it makes you want to eat. It's There are certain smells that do that. So just be aware of it. Take a snack with you. All right. Also, buying in bulk. This would be six? Yes. Buying in bulk, although I'm a huge proponent for buying in bulk, uh, bulk singular items, I am not. And this is why. Some bulk purchases actually just make you buy more repeatedly. And those are purchases like your 12-pack of soda or a family size bag of something uh, things that are singular serving, like the picnic grab-and-go bags with the small lunchbox-wrapped chips or Doritos or whatever, or the boxes that have bags of bags <laughs> inside them, little bags of snacks inside that box. Even if you can get a great deal on that bulk purchase, because they're singular serve, because they are convenience items, having that on hand actually makes you go through it faster than if you purchased and made the individual things themselves. So if soda is a big thing for your family, buying the larger bottles of soda will make it last longer than the singular cans. Most people don't actually drink an entire can size at a meal. They'll drink about half. So you're going through those cans a lot faster if you think buying a whole lot of sodas is actually saving you money. Try switching to the actual bottles themselves and see if that doesn't save you a little bit more. All right, number seven, grocery carts. Whenever possible, pick a small one. Now, here's why. I don't know if in your grocery store this is a phenomenon, but it is for ours. Grocery stores went from a one-size-fits-all, everybody got it with you're walking in to get three things or 30, you had a grocery cart. Well, now they've got the oversized carts. They've got the carts with the cute little buggy for the kids. One looks like a car. They've got the now what would be considered mid-sized cart. And then they've got the compact cart, the little bitty cart. And then they've got the basket. Most of us can't get out with a basket, but if you have the ability to just get the small cart every time you go in, or a basket, you're going to purchase less. Stay away from the giant carts. Unless you know you're on the once-every-three-month shopping binge, there's almost no reason to use it. The studies have shown, and this is brilliant psychology on a grocery store's part, that the larger cart 
increases sales by 20% per cart. Okay, in the South, we call it a buggy. I'm trying to call it cart because I think most people <laughs> understand that better. But your shopping cart, your, your buggy. If you're going in only getting certain things and you have this oversized cart, it looks like you don't have enough. And psychologically, especially if you're in food storage, you want to fill that thing up to get, quote unquote, the best bang for your buck. Well, if you don't need it, that's just kind of duping you into spending more money than you need to spend at that time. So get the smallest cart you can that you can get in and out with. And this goes without saying, I think I've said it before, always shop with a list. You may get one or two things that are not on it, but always shop with a list. All right, we're going to take a quick break, hear a word from our sponsors, and we're going to come back and tie this up with a few more tips. Here's how you can save $10 on the mill of your choice. Go to millersgrainhouse.com forward slash store and use the promo code radio at checkout. That's R-A-D-I-O at checkout. Or you can call 828-536-4988 during weekday business hours and get the same savings by phone. Either way, your order is shipped to your door without shipping charges. Remember, you can go to millersgrainhouse.com forward slash store or call 828-536-4988 and use the promo code RADIO. Are you looking to have ducks, geese, chickens? Boy, do we have something to share with you. Stop by ranch-coop.com. These folks build some of the most beautiful handcrafted coops for small areas as well as the farm. They are so easy to put together. It took us less than an hour and they're shipped right to your door. Stop by ranch-coop.com. Wonderful people to deal with. Beautiful coops that you can use for backyard and homestead fowl. Ranch-coop.com. Do you have your free digital subscription to Prepare Magazine yet? If not, then hurry over to preparemag.com and start getting each monthly issue sent directly to your inbox. It's easy. All you have to do is go to preparemag.com, enter your name and email address, and you're subscribed. Consider signing up for the premium membership for past issues and exclusive resources. You can even subscribe to the beautiful print version of Prepare Magazine. Visit preparemag.com and choose the option that's most valuable to you. Prepare Magazine. Encouraging, empowering, and enriching your journey. This is your preparation station. Now on with the show. And we're going to tie it up here with the last five, and then I'll just kind of give you a little update of what's going on at the homestead, bug out, whatever you want to call where we live, up in the hills. But there are five more things that these are legitimate grocery store psychological attempts for you to purchase more food, spend more money. This is not a thing. This is just a, a segue. But... Grocery stores don't have a really large margin. They don't make a lot of money per sale. So anytime you find a real sale, it's actually a good one. So I'm going to tell you how to spot the one that really is good. So don't think that it's not. It's the 50% off or the buy one, get one free sale. These actually are good deals because the margin for the grocery store itself is usually somewhere between 15 and 25% maximum sometimes not even that much on most items. Usually it's hovering around 12 to 15%. That's not a very big increase from based on how they've purchased it to where you purchase it. So when they mark something down at 50% off or buy one, get one free, which is basically the same thing, then they are actually taking somewhat of a loss on the items and you're getting it at the best deal. So that is actually a good one. 
Now, maybe there, this one market's price is a little bit higher than another one's. That's fine, but if you're getting it at 50% or buy one, get one free, you are actually getting a good deal. So jump on any of those anytime you get the chance to. Another psychology tip to be aware of is listen to the music in the grocery store. There are two forms of psychology that the grocery store uses on you. There are two types of music that they play, and one of which is catering to the median age of the shopper, which is usually around my age. So they bring up the music from the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and they'll play it so that you'll hang out and you'll enjoy the music at your grocery store. I'll admit I can be a stickler for that and just kind of hang out to hear the end of a song. I was a music major, so I just kind of hover if they're playing good tunes. Second type of music that they play is um, classical, slow, elevator-type music. And it's intended to slow you down, slow down the rhythm, slow down your walking pace, relax you so that you'll linger longer, and, of course, shop more. And (laughs) this is... Um, oh boy, you're hearing something from me. I hope I don't lose any friends this way, but I'm going to tell you, if a grocery store is playing very, okay, thick country music, I will admit, I cannot linger long in a grocery store that is playing thick, heavy, twangy country music. It's one of those musics that kind of gets on my nerves, gets under my skin. I'm not talking some bluegrass. I can handle that. I can handle... You cross over light rock and country, but if it's real thick and real twangy, geesh, I'm in and out. Nope, not buying nothing. I'm not shopping for long. So, they do usually pick uh, a music that'll make people linger. So just listen to that and be aware of it. If you want to hang out and you got spare time, go ahead. But most of the time, they're doing it on purpose. So, alright, another thing to consider is... um Making yourself a price book. There have been studies to show that the average shopper can usually only remember a maximum of four or five prices at a time. Think about this. You go by and you usually do get a lot of the same products every so often. And you might notice if some of them raise in a larger increment than, say, a nickel. But you're not going to notice all of them. Because you're seeing these things on a regular basis, it starts to get inundated in your brain that it costs X. Well, over time, it's going to cost X plus, 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 and you may not be aware of it when just down the street, the other grocery store had it at your original price. So make a price list of the things you buy very frequently. Keep it with you in your coupons or your purse or, you know, on your list somewhere so that you can look and see has a price change on something that I buy fairly frequently or that I'm stocking up on. And a month ago it was this, and now it's that. So because we can't hold all the prices and items in our heads, grocery stores are aware of this. uh, So they do change and fluctuate prices a good deal in addition to their sales. It kind of throws you off. Just be aware. I used to think I could keep them all in my head, and I can't. So keeping a price list actually helps very, very much. One other thing that has happened in grocery stores, and this is a landscaping issue, (laughs) I don't know what else to call it. Back in the day, when I was younger, grocery store checkout were a lot longer. Um, There was a lot more space. There was less up 
in your face to purchase at the end of the grocery store checkout. But there was actually a little bit more space. It was a little wider. They had some shelving. You could put things down on it. They've now done away with a great deal of those. We have a lot shorter, I guess it's a kiosk for checkout, with the advent of self-checkout and the shorter kiosks. What the grocery stores have done has left you little room to offload your cart. So they've done it on purpose because you know, and I know, I feel rotten trying to shove something I don't want in somewhere or handing it to the attendant. I don't really want to have to make the stock boy or stock girl go and put it up just because I changed my mind. Therefore, you're kind of guilted into going ahead and making that purchase that you might have thought otherwise about. So just realize that's happening. So you, when you really have to do it, you can combat that feeling of, oh, I don't want to. I feel bad. It's been shortened on purpose. So just know that. All right. My last one. This actually, I said I wasn't going to put anything in order, but this one is my favorite one because I know the big difference. I started out the show by telling you to buy things in bags, but count them so that you get the better per serving for the price. Well, I'm back in the produce section for this. Now, your perimeter of your grocery store is the best place to practice this habit, but it has a lot to do with the time of day. Find out either by talking to or visiting your grocery store, what time of day and what day of the week and or days, sometimes they have more than one, are the managers of each section, the produce manager, the bakery manager, the, and again, I'm probably going around the outskirts of your grocery store as you're thinking about this, the meat and butcher and your dairy manager, because they do have one for each, Find out when it is that they mark down the prices on the best buy date. In my extreme shyness, I have (laughs) walked up to multiple people working in the, in the area and asked them if they know, when do you usually mark them down? And I've gotten a myriad of different information. Some of it really great to give me precise and exact information, such as, We will mark things down two days before the best buy date at 10 o'clock in the morning on Mondays and then check it again on Wednesdays and then check it again on Fridays. Others have said, yeah, somewhere around 10 or somewhere around 4 in the afternoon. They've been vague. You do kind of have to start to get a feel for when your grocery store in each section may be different is marking down things. Point in case. I can walk in and get a bag of bananas for $1.49. It's about a six-pound bag. If you're doing the math on that, that's way, way cheaper than the 65 cents per pound. I can walk in at 10.30 on a Monday morning and literally clear off multiple produce shelves. Uh, And I'm not one of those people. By clearing it off, I make a pretty serious dent in it. And buy a lot of the pre-cut things, such as Pico de Gallo, Onions, mushrooms, my favorite. They're the ones that go to get marked down on a fairly regular basis. Bags of salad, salad greens themselves, coleslaw. I'm just hitting that first aisle as I walk in my grocery store. And then I turn the corner and you can find potatoes bagged. You can find those bags that I was talking about sometimes marked down even more. All these things usually range around 4 to $5 per container. And I always get them at the markdown price of $1.50 or $1.49 because the best buy date is coming up. I have not bought produce at full price probably in a year. 
because of this practice. And that's because I do happen by my grocery store on a fairly regular basis. I only have one. I would throw in shop at multiple ones, but I only have one to shop from. So I I shop there at strategic times. And I look for those really bright, in our store they're bright green, that it's marked down. And I come home and dehydrate it or freeze it or what, you know, to dehydrate later or whatever, or use it. And I am getting produce at a literal fraction, a dollar fifty, let's round it up, versus let's say four fifty, make an average. So I'm saving three dollars per produce item on average. And over time that racks up a great deal because we eat a great deal of produce, especially in the winter when we can't grow it. That's a great way to get it nice and cheap. All right, I have about four minutes to tell you what's going on here at the homestead. <sighs> okay. So we have been gifted 10 chickens by a friend of mine who hatched like a million. She seemed to hatch way too many for her backyard. And so she gave me 10 hens. I was thrilled. I thought I was just in heaven. And about a week later, maybe two, I got a phone call from the Humane Society, which that's a whole new show I can tell you about. And a lady had to move and couldn't take her five of age laying hens with her. So, I get them too. So, I'm now up to 15 hens, and they just started laying the other day. And I'm happy to report 8 out of 15 have laid eggs. So, we're on our way. I'm going to be overrun with eggs every day. <laughs> and so, but hey, they're they're great. They're bright yellow. I'm so excited. They're just gorgeous eggs. Uh, we've had chickens before. I think a bear got them last year while our dog was really sick. And um, so, we are reflocking. But I'm thrilled. Free, 15 free chickens. And that's going to segue me into my next show. How do you build up on self-sufficient things like livestock, gardening, and seeds, and alternative power when you're on a really tight budget? I'm going to share with you some things we do in the next show. Well, at least the next one that I monologue. So stay tuned. For now, this is Donna Miller. I'm signing off here on Surviving on Shoestrings, and I hope you've been blessed. I hope you've been encouraged. Please feel free to email me at survivingonshoestrings at gmail.com or, or leave a comment here on the show. Love to get back with you. God bless, and we will talk again soon. And remember, enjoy the journey. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Surviving on Shoestrings with hostess Donna Miller. Tune in each week for a new show that will help you enjoy frugal survival with humor, style, and a smile. Tune in again soon. This is your preparation station. Speaking hope, not hype, and facts, not fear. Preparedness grounded in truth.